you know, as I've gotten older, the one thing that I've uh, told a lot of people over the years um, in their careers is, you know, it's kind of a fallacy that you have to love it. No, you, you shouldn't hate it and love it, but you should just be able to be okay with it or be neutral. Neutral is a great goal. If you love it, you may grow to hate it. Um, if you hate it, you'll grow to hate it more. But if you're neutral, meh, it's just a job. Do you often wonder whether there's more to life than your nine to five job? Do you dream about having a life that has no boundaries, where you can decide what to do and where to do it? And does the thought of how to get that life maybe overwhelm you just a little bit? Then this is the podcast for you. Join me as I uncover how to get that freedom and live a life that needs no retirement plan. I'll be scouring the internet and chatting with people from all walks of life who are out there living life to the max instead of punching a time card. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm really happy today to be joined by Laura Benedetto. She's the author of The Six Habits. She teaches how to create the life of our dreams without changing who we are. And she's also the founder and CEO of Vision Advertising, where she's helped hundreds of companies build and grow profitable enterprises. She currently lives on Maui with her husband. I say currently, but I can't imagine ever wanting to leave Maui. Um, So, Laura, welcome. Thanks very much for joining me today. Truly a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You know, you'd think that um, you'd want to live on an island for the rest of your life. And for many people, that's true. I don't think I'll die here, but I'll definitely be here for a long time. It must be a little bit different living on an island because, I mean, you are a little bit restricted in where you go and what you can do. Mm, Sort of. The world is shut down, so (laughs) I can't do anything even if I wanted to. So it kind of doesn't matter currently. That's true. Might as well be on a rock in the middle of the ocean in the middle of a pandemic. Sure. Sure. No better place to be. But um, you know, in the rest of the time when uh, the world is open, I do miss cities, but it's okay. That's what they have airplanes for. Yeah, exactly. uh, (laughs) Wings (laughs) as soon as possible. So let's um, start with a bit of your history. You founded your company at the age of 19. So obviously mm-hmm. you didn't grow up with the, the general stereotype of go to school, get a job, work for 35 years. You, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how things were going for you then, what your mindset was and how you managed to start a company at that age? Sure. I actually did grow up with that mentality. My parents were pushing me to go get a job and um, you know, after going to college and getting that four-year golden ticket, um, except that is not how life turned out. Turns out I could not stand working for people. I hated it a lot very early on. Um, they wanted to pay me like minimum wage, and I always just knew I was more valuable than that. We all are, by the way. Um, so I wanted to be paid well for my contributions. And in one year, I remember I had 14 jobs. I quit half and I got fired from the other half. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I think we're done here. <laughs> so I started my own company, a company that got me excited to work for. Um, something that, something that like, got me really excited to do what I was doing. I got to do it on my own terms. And as I grew and got to add employees over the years, um, it was really nice because I got to build a company that they wanted to work for too. Um, so that was really neat. And uh, yeah, I definitely chose a different path and I scared my parents uh, a lot. And I did things that they were probably like, oh my God, what are you doing? But after a while, they're like, wow, this is really working out. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so that's great. And so, 
you said you started the company and it was doing something that you really wanted to do. How did you know? I mean, most people at 19 or 20 don't really know what they want out of life. Did you have a, a pretty um, clear vision? No, I had no idea. Um, I just found something that I could do and get paid handsomely for. Um, and I've always been a person that could figure things out. I was the kid that used to take apart my toys because I wanted to see how they worked and then see if I could put them back together again. So I started a marketing company um, just because I was like, hmm, how do websites work? So I started taking them apart and figuring out how they worked and <laughs> looking at the guts of them and stuff like that. And then marketing and sales, it's one of those things where it's either inside of you or it's not. Yes, you can learn it, but damn, it's an uphill battle if you... Um, if you don't really have it organically inside of you already. Apparently it was just in me. So um, learning to do all those other things, I don't know. I was just having fun playing and I was just like, ooh, I can get paid really well for this. And I'm 19. Wow. So by the time I was 21, I had all my college loans paid off and uh, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It honestly, you know what it is? I just, I found something I could do. I could do well, get paid well for and didn't mind doing. And I think that's really the key. Like, you know, as I've gotten older, the one thing that I've uh, told a lot of people over the years um, in their careers is, you know, it's kind of a fallacy that you have to love it. No, you, you shouldn't hate it and love it, but you should just be able to be okay with it or be neutral. Neutral is a great goal. If you love it, you may grow to hate it. Um, if you hate it, you'll grow to hate it more. But if you're neutral, eh, it's just a job, then you can do it and you can do it with, um, you know, attention to doing it well because that's your character you know not because you're obsessed with oh my god it has to be perfect because i love what i'm doing right you do it well just because of your own integrity as long as you've got that and that's that's a big thing i think for a lot of people these days is that a lot of them are in a job and they are just there because it's a job and it pays the bills and they don't necessarily care enough about what they're doing to have the integrity to do it well at least I'm finding that. Yeah, I've met those people. <laughs> and um, everyone has integrity inside of them. <clears throat> but you have to find something that you can care enough about so you can do it. For some people, you know, passion is really important. And like my husband's built that way. He's a person that um, he really desperately needs to be like really all in so he can do it. But the problem with that is it can burn out that personality type. So I'm, um, you know, as his loving wife, I'm like, honey, take a break. <laughs> you know, that's the danger of loving something. Um, it's a fine line, but I think that people that don't really have integrity at work and they don't really care about what they're doing, they really need to think about maybe doing something else that would actually allow their integrity to come through. Um, even if it's something that it's just like, hmm, you know, I don't really care that I'm doing this particular thing, but I'm doing it for me. And that, that part's fun. So maybe that's where your integrity comes from. I don't know. It varies. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. Yeah, there is. There, there are. So one of the things that uh, was written down on the little uh, info sheet about you was that you feel that the key to our life's happiness and every dream we've ever had is our relationship with ourselves. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay. I was going to say, I, I know you said um, earlier that everybody is worth more than what, uh, what they say or what they might think they're worth when you were talking about, you know, you weren't getting paid enough for your jobs and that 
you know, you are worth more than that. And everybody is, I think that's something that is part of our relationship with ourselves that a lot of people don't necessarily learn early enough. Mm -hmm. But it can be taught. Everything's taught. Um, bad things are taught like addictions and racism. Good things are taught like great habits, flossing, um, <laughs> loving yourself. Um, highly recommend flossing. That's a habit everybody needs to pick up. As my dentist said to me, only floss the teeth you'd like to keep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so um, when you think about what is needed to achieve the life that we want to live versus a life that's handed to us, um, it usually calls for us to do things that are outside of the bounds of our comfort, right? Um, sometimes we'll be needed to make cold calls or sometimes we'll be needed to actually ask for that divorce or create a path toward retirement um, much earlier than planned or, um, I don't know, anything you can possibly imagine, move. I mean, moving for me was really scary. So whatever it is that people dream of, it's, it's typically because they don't have it you know, um, it's great when you dream of the stuff you do have, but it's just generally not the case. <laughs> but when you are dreaming of something, you don't have it and your relationship with yourself and your habits that you currently have are the reason why you have the life you have and you don't have the dreams that stay locked in your head. Make sense? Yes, it does. So, so we think about things like whatever dreams we have, starting a business, maybe falling in love, maybe having a family, retiring, whatever. And um, sometimes they seem really scary to us because we doubt ourselves and we doubt our ability to actually get the thing or do the thing or experience the thing and we doubt our capabilities. But a, a good relationship with ourselves is one marked by kindness to yourself, full acceptance of yourself, like gratitude for everything, including the crappy stuff. Um, a lot of this stuff, you know, I can go on and on about, but like clear intention and, you know, removing negative energy and just really living in the present moment. And when we do these things habitually without thought, um, that's when we feel, without having to try, we feel empowered. We feel capable. And dreams start coming down off the shelf and we blow off the dust and we go for it because we believe that we can actually have it versus some other schmo. Like it's good for us and we can do it, right? But if you think about this, if you're the person that constantly treats yourself like garbage, you cannot forgive yourself for the dumb crap you've done in life. You just, glass is always half empty and you're distracted by the news and everything else and you just, you're aimless and you're letting other people call the shots for you, et cetera, et cetera. Are you really going to live your dreams? No, you can't. You've basically crippled yourself. So, and that's actually what a lot of us do. Yeah. It's upon us to, number one, self-reflect and number two, take the invitation once we've self-reflected and do something with the information that we receive from that re reflection process and be like, okay, this is going to hurt. Do it anyway. <laughs> so that whole process, I'm guessing, is part of the basis of your six habits? Mm -hmm, it is. Um, I was a miserable, miserable human being. So I retired early at 37. That felt great, sort of. Um, it's like I checked the box, but 
you know, I love the title of your, um, your podcast, Beyond Retirement. And that was the big question for me. I was scratching my head. I was like, I'm pretty young. Now what? Right? Like, what am I going to do? And I was facing the loss of identity and I was facing like death of dreams. And, you know, I used to be important and I'm not important anymore. And, et cetera, et cetera. And all these terrible things I was saying to myself and I just, I wanted to feel better. So I started doing lots of research to find out, you know, where I went wrong and why I wasn't enjoying this thing that I'd worked so hard for. Cause I thought that happiness was at the end of the rainbow. Turns out it wasn't. Um, and it wasn't anything that I did wrong. Um, it was our culture. Our culture teaches us that success and happiness are external things and that we constantly need to be chasing a prize, which is stupid. And we do it and we get the car and we get the money and we go on the vacations there. That will make me happy. I'm going to lose 20 pounds there. That will make me happy. No, it won't. And it doesn't. And I've been there. I've done that. I've had literally all the experiences, including early retirement, which is very strange. Um, and I just, I couldn't live with not knowing why. So I just, I did this whole thing. Um, and wow, did my life change once I figured everything out from my research and um, wasn't planning to write a book, to be honest with you. Wasn't planning on it. I was very selfishly wanting to just feel better in life. Um, but it worked so well. I was like, God damn it. I can't keep this to myself. <laughs> so we actually just launched the other day. It was amazing. I'm officially a number one bestselling author. Amazing. Yeah. I know. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Still running laps around the neighborhood celebrating that one. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So can you talk a little bit about what each of the habits are is? I'm not going to mess with your grammar. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, I'd be delighted to. So the six habits are really simple. We've got kindness to ourselves, acceptance of ourselves. And this is unconditional acceptance. No matter what dumb crap you've done in your life, you need to forgive yourself, love yourself as is. Uh, you need to be grateful for everything, um, including the tough stuff, especially the tough stuff. You need to be present, not focused on the past, not focused on the future. Aware of them, yes, but focused on here and now. Managing your energy, adding good, subtracting bad, and living in intention. And intention is the habit of getting stuff done all the time. Even when the process is arduous and the steps are abundant, you will take one step, even if it's tiny, you'll move forward. And the thing about um, all of this stuff that I discovered that I found was really, I don't know, interesting. Like I told you, I wasn't really trying to write a book, but I ended up writing a book. Um, what an experience, by the way. We'll have to talk about that another time. Um, <clears throat> it was really just interesting to realize that there are so many self-help things out there that teach you a lot of the right things, but not all of the right things in one place. Or, you know, they, they sell you stuff based on this idea that there's something broken inside of you that you need to fix. What if we approached it differently from the perspective of actually you're doing a good job at a lot of these things already. You just don't realize what you're doing right because you don't know where to look. Therefore, you can't focus on improving the specific things. And ultimately, I probably built a crappy business model because ultimately my goal is to get people so good at this stuff, they don't think about it anymore because that's what a habit is. It's unconscious. Like, right. yes, do the work, acquire the habits, but then stop thinking about it. I floss every night. Thank you, dentist. I don't think about it anymore. I'm just done moisturizing my face. I just grab the flosser stick and off I go. 
and that's the goal for all of this stuff. Like we need to get to the point where being kind to ourselves is our automatic default. Like something terrible happens in the world and we can be like, we can do what Mr. Rogers always told us to do. We see the helpers and we see the good, you know? And when we have a solid relationship with ourselves, which is kind of what this is all about and what these habits are about, um, you change the lenses through with you through which you view the world and life in general. Everything that comes your way, the people you meet, the circumstances you're in, you view things through a lens of possibility, wonder, appreciation, and full capability and enthusiasm. And that's much better than what most people live in. Oh, yeah. It sounds like the kind of lenses that little kids look at things through, really. It's- yep. That's actually, I love that you said that. There was part of the book, I think it was the, um, the presence chapter, um, where I talked about some of my experiences as a kid and how as little kids, we're so good at being present that our moms and dads get mad at us. Tommy, you're running late. What's late mean? I don't understand. Or like, why can't I have all the time in the world to play? Because there's so deliciously immersed in play and joy and fun. And the thing about all of these different things is I'm not trying to teach people a new way of being. I'm actually trying to help people to return um, to their natural state in some respects. Like babies and children have no concept of time. Time is something that we adults live with. Oh my God, I'm running late. I mean, I'm from Massachusetts. We, we invented like punctuality. So <laughs> like, you know, like time is like an adult concept that helps a society run smoother. And as we grow older out of childhood, we lose our sense of wonder because we're on a schedule. Meanwhile, we invented this crap. So like humanity, wonderful, society, wonderful, except humanity, not always wonderful and society, not always wonderful. And one of the things in society that helps us run, but also helps us be miserable is the concept of time. I don't know. Babies are not born. Uh, none of us are born hating ourselves. No, that's learned. Yep. We accept ourselves. Not accepting ourselves is learned. Being miserable about everything is learned. Like all of these things are learned and we can easily unlearn them. If my stubborn dumbass can do it, so can anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how um, people treat themselves badly quite often, but they wouldn't turn around and, and treat their neighbor the same way. They're just so, that is so quick to say, oh, don't worry about it. It wasn't your fault to someone else while they beat themselves mm-hmm. up for the same thing. You are incredibly accurate about that. I, I have experienced that. And, you know, I think one of the interesting byproducts um, of doing all this work that I've noticed has been um, I have a different relationship with boundaries. Like, okay, I, I was, you know, much younger before and <laughs> I didn't have any boundaries. I would just let people say whatever they wanted, treat me however they wanted, and that was that. Then I got older and I did what a lot of people do and I started expressing boundaries in a very hostile way that was actually impinging on other people's boundaries, right? And then I discovered, oh, oh, hmm. Now that I feel genuinely good about myself, I like me and I'm in a solid constitution with my life and myself, I don't need to be a jerk about it and I don't need to let people walk on me either. I can calmly, lovingly just be like, yeah, that doesn't work for me. 
can we do something else? And it's just, it's like easy. Cause it's like, I don't feel attacked. I just feel like, oops, somebody made a mistake. Oops. Let me just show them where the wall is. That's it. Yeah. And that's, it is so simple. And yet people seem to think that they, they need to have a confrontation in order to make something change. And that I think that also is something that's been learned that, that you're expecting it to be difficult if you put up a block against something, whereas it, it shouldn't necessarily yeah. be difficult. You can just quite easily, as you say, just say, nope, we're not going there. And some people may not respond to it well. I mean, you know, it, it's been said multiple times, so I'm certainly not, you know, a huge revelation when I say this. Like, boundaries are inconvenient for the people that wish to trespass on, <laughs> on them. Seriously. Yep. Like, you know, if you have full intention to be respectful to me and honor me and let me be my own sovereign being, when I tell you, hey, that's not okay, you'll be like, whoa, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And it's not a big deal. But you find that a lot of people that don't have a good relationship with themselves, they've got a lot of um, unhealed trauma, things they've been through when they were younger, workplace traumas, um, sexual abuse, childhood abuse, like racial discrimination, like lots of things that cause psychological trauma that's not been resolved, a lot of times um, people that have gone through that don't have the capability to respond well to your boundaries, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't have them anyway. Because somebody else's response and reaction to your um, self-care and self-love is not your job. It's not your responsibility. It's like, oh, you took that poorly? Well, you need to get to therapy and work on yourself. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's it. It's, gee, you didn't like that? I'm sorry. It's go, go about your business, do your yeah, own like thing. All your unresolved daddy issues have made you angry in this moment. That's a pity. <laughs> go figure it out. Don't ever say that, by the way. I'm being a jerk. Don't ever, ever say that. That's a quick way to get a punch in the face. <laughs> I just think we need to be kind to ourselves and be really gentle with others too, because we don't know the path that they've walked and we don't know what they've experienced. And, you know, I think, you know, just talking about boundaries in general. I mean, boundaries are very hard for people that have had a rough life. They, my experience has been that um, people that have been through all of that have a hard time expressing boundaries, believing they're worthy of any, right? Um, Enforcing them or honoring others because boundaries are just, it's just never been there. And their whole lives, they've had the idea reinforced upon them you don't get to do this. So then when I turn around and I express a boundary, they're like, what? Well, if I don't get to have boundaries, you don't get to have boundaries, Uh, but you do get to have boundaries. And that's the thing is like, it's like, it's not my job as the individual to like unpack and fix that. It's our jobs as people to work on our own stuff so we can show up to others better and to ourselves. I mean, that's how we set ourselves free is by self-work and the courage to face what is. I think um, all of this is something that fits kind of, excuse me, into the idea that I'm trying to get across in my podcast about beyond retirement, because it's the fact that there is a whole life out there, like beyond whatever you're doing, there's another step all the time. And you've got to be Mm -hmm. able to, kind of wake up and take that step but you gotta you're gonna be scared some of the time you're gonna find those boundaries you're gonna you know kind of play with it but there's always a place to go and there's always one more step that you should be taking in your in your life in your quest Mm -hmm. to fulfill whatever it is that you're out there to do yeah 
when you get to a certain point, so this is the, this is the thing, and I love your mission. I think you'll probably agree with this. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of sold on this idea that there's something wrong with us and we constantly have to be working on ourselves, working on ourselves because we're not good enough and fully intact the way we are. The reason why I want people to learn, master, and then kind of forget about the habits um, is because then any self-work you choose to do will be from a place of extraordinary self-love, curiosity, and enthusiasm. It's all going to come from a place of, ooh, that looks fun. Ooh. I'd love to tap into my spirituality. Ooh, I wonder if I can hear the, un hear the dead, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. whatever it is that you want to do, like, ooh, I wonder if I could. And you start approaching life again the way you used to when you yeah, were like three. Exactly. Hmm, I wonder if I can jump off the couch and land on the coffee table. I wonder if I can do that. Like curiosity is like the best thing that we have. And, you know, we get it back when we, you know, become free. I mean, I think... I love the whole concept that you've got going on here, the whole beyond retirement. There really is so much more to it. And the fact that I did retire, got on the other side and I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling your message. Yeah. And, the, and that's it. Hardcore. And that's it completely. It's so many people, they, they get there and then they don't know what to do. It's, you know, life was defined or they were defined by whatever they were doing before and it's gone. And now what? And that's where, yeah. That's where loving yourself, I think, is important. Are you familiar with the um, the notion of role versus identity? A little bit, not really. Okay. I think you might find this interesting because of what you're talking about. So um, our roles are daughter, podcast host, book writer, um, speaker, blah, 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 right. friend, pick whatever, yeah. right? But our... But our uh, identity is our adjectives, kind, thoughtful, articulate, blah, 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 fill in the blanks, okay? Where we tend to go off the rails and get very upset is when we define ourselves according to our roles, when we should be defining ourselves according to our identity, or worse still, when you merge the two and it's just this, this big pile of this big amoebic mass of like role and identity and everything's intertwined. And I'll give you a really fine example that will kind of bring it home for a lot of people. If anybody listening or yourself has ever sold anything in your whole life, it could be a stick of gum when you were 10 or whatever, you were a salesperson. <laughs> then um, you are still a person, right? No one on this planet knows how desperately you need to separate identity from role, probably more than a salesperson. Uh, actually, I take that back. Probably people in the military. There's probably a lot of people that need to disassociate, right? But if you merge those two, if you have a bad day in sales and you botch it, you mess it up, you just like, you leave the meeting and you're like, oh my God, I just botched it, right? Because you made a mistake. You said the wrong thing. You did not make the sale. You just had a failure in your role. And if you blend your identity and your role, you're going to hate yourself. Right. Versus, I love myself and that didn't go well. Hmm. What can I learn from the experience? You know, so the enmeshment, the entanglement, yep. very bad idea. Yep. That kind of entanglement is what a lot of people feel when they retire. Like, I was an engineer, but now I'm nothing. And a that isn't true. And that's, that's what I'm trying to get past. So, you know, you don't sit on the sofa looking at the TV going, I got nothing now. 
that's actually exactly what I went through because I was dealing with the death of, you know, the way I used to identify myself. And as much as I like to talk about this, I'm guilty of sometimes enmeshing the two myself, you know, and I have to constantly be on hypervigilance um, for, for this particular thing. Have I mastered the fine art of separating the two permanently and as a default habit? I have not. It is also not one of the six habits. So I'm allowed to suck at that. So, (laughs) but I will. But like when I retired, like I went from CEO, you know, to like high priestess of laundry. Like it just, I felt like I got royally demoted. Yep. And I was like, well, now what? And I was just facing like this crazy depression. And to be honest with you, I'm really glad that I went through that and I'm built the way I am because I got really PO'd and I wanted to know why. And it just sparked a huge curious quest inside of me to find answers and figure out what this was and, you know, what to do about it. Because I've got that entrepreneur fire where it's like, ooh, see problem, fix problem. That's that's what, you know, we, we do. Um, but like... I see a lot of people, my grandfather did this and he ended up having a stroke after he retired and he died shortly thereafter because he was just like a couch potato, like retirement, boom, couch. That's all he wanted to do. And he lost his fire. And the thing that we need to do is not re-identify ourselves because our identity has always been there. I was thinking, I'm not powerful. I'm not important. I'm not you know, relevant anymore. I'm still all of these things. I am still the really super smart problem solver. I'm still all of those things. What I needed actually was a new role because I can't just go from having roles to losing a huge role that meant a lot to me. Even though I retired on purpose, intentionally, I wanted to leave. It was still something that hurt when I had to step out of it. So it was a really powerful thing for me to be able to realize I don't need a new identity. I need a new role and I need to go on this fun little quest to figure out what the heck that's going to be. And I get to build it. And it's not like I have to pick from a menu. I get to design it and I get to make the menu. You know, I'm not picking from someone else's choices. I'm making my own choices. That's awesome. That I think is the perfect way to wrap this all up. That you get to make the choices when you retire, when you do whatever, you, you get to decide you're, you're building a whole new life and you're finding a new, a new role. That's, uh, that's perfect. Yep. You have to give yourself permission to do yeah. it. Yeah, I'm glad you like that. Um, I understand that uh, you have a, a life purpose guide that the listeners can download if they, if they want to. That's on your uh, yes. available. It's on my yeah. website. And um, I'm happy to tell you about it. And I think actually anybody that's like retiring and scratching your head the way I was, you're going to like this because it allows you to think about life differently. Most people connect role and identity, but they also connect purpose and profession. It's not always the same thing. Your profession is just what you make money at, you know? And for me, that was my first company that I am currently running again because my successor has, um, she's on medical leave and whatever, but like that was, yeah, she's, she's going to be fine. But like, that's never been my purpose as much as I love it. It's never been my purpose. It's just my profession. My purpose is to share love and make people feel good from the inside. And that was nice to be able to discover my purpose. And that's what we can do that can lead us toward different roles. Like 
if you're retiring, you don't want to work anymore, but you want to volunteer, this can help you highlight that. If you want to start another company because you can, or you want to help your grandkid um, get a little lemonade stand going and that makes you happy, or you want to rescue kitties like my neighbor does, um, whatever it is. So yeah, you should grab it for free. It's on the website. It's uh, the sixhabits.com. The word six is spelled out S-I-X, the S-I-X habits.com. Perfect. And I see you're um, on all the social media with basically your name. All of it. All of it. (laughs) Yeah. If you go to the six habits, you can find me on just about anything. And I will make sure that all of that is in the show notes so that people can grab it. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say just before we close up? Um, Yeah. Um, Life is ever changing and evolving. There is no goal or, you know, destination that we're looking for other than, you know, just living a a good life. Um, I think a lot of us fixate on achievement. And once I've achieved it, then I will be happy. Buddha said, and even quoted it in my book because I loved it so much. There is no path to happiness. Happiness is the path. So enjoy the ride. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us. And I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.